the last 24 hours, uh, a show me and you both binge watch, and we talked about on uh, previous episodes of the Hillcrest Duo, Making a Murder, Brendan Dassey, his conviction has been overturned by a judge in Milwaukee. Yes. He should be a free man sometime within the next 90 days unless they appeal it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to appeal it. I think he's going to be a free man. Right. And uh, we know they're currently filming for a second season. Right. So I'm sure all of this is part of that second season filming. I, oh, I'm completely sure it's about it. And for those of you that don't know, yes, yesterday it was a um, uh, news came out that Brandon Dassey's conviction was overturned because it was found evidence that was gathered, his confession, was gathered improperly as he did not have um, a proper guidance as he was, a, a, I think, still a minor at the time. He was time. 16, yep. He was 16 at the time. He had no attorney. He had no parent. And obviously, when you watch the documentary series, he is a special needs, special education child and just couldn't comprehend what was going on. So it was determined that his confession was coerced, yep. ma- making it Which inadmissible. I, I think me and you both, when you go back and you listen to our podcast about making a murder we talked about all the stuff that was left off of the show mm-hmm. that uh kind of helped the prosecution's case against Stephen avery i think we both and just about anybody you talk to that has seen that show you know there's still a lot of people 50 50 and Stephen avery but i would say 99 percent of the people that watched that show knew that brendan dassey did not belong in prison That's if for sure. anything maybe like some sort of mental hospital or something. Yeah, he, but, but I don't even think he was that – I don't think he was involved at all to even be, uh, it, it, you know, convicted of anything. You know? Even – here's what I'm going to say. Even if he was involved, he was probably told by his uncle that, oh, this is fine, this is fine, and he would have believed it because I don't think he had the yeah, mental capability he, to understand what he was doing and if it was wrong at all. And that, not only that, is, but he seemed like he's somebody easy enough to you could be. Oh, this is just a, a deer I hit. These are the deer bones. We need. Well, to if he did it even uh, take place, it, let's um uh, grant the fact that the prosecution was right. He took um a part in a rape. He might might have been just told by Stephen Avery that oh no 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 this is fine this is fine this is fine, and he would have believed it. I don't think he had the mens rea, the mental capability to understand what he was doing. Yeah, that's my belief. But I agree. So, um, but it's is, good news, and he gets to see WrestleMania, and he gets to turn in that English project. English project, turn that in. God, it's he's been a couple waiting years, ten years for that. Yeah, it's a couple of years overdue, but turn it in. You still might be able to get so, half credit, Brendan. I'm glad you brought up WrestleMania because Twitter exploded yesterday with everybody's like, Brendan Dassey's free. He gets to see WrestleMania. And then there was all these memes. Like one of my favorites, I actually posted on my page is a it's a photo or it's a gif of Vince McMahon walking to the ring, oh, all I know. like huff and puff, and it says, "Here's how Brendan Dassey walks out of prison." <laughs> and I th- I'm pretty and, sure he missed WrestleMania 22, which was here in Chicago. Yep. And so uh, my question is, does WWE just give him lifetime WrestleMania tickets? I don't know if he gets tickets, but he should. Get oh, fr- he should. He should get a free subscription to the WWE Network. It's only okay. nine ninety nine a month. Give the kid a free subscription. Oh, he's definitely getting something wrestling related. WWE oh, getting- better jump all over. This. I don't know if the WWE won't want to touch it, but people will gift it to him because you know how he's going to have stuff like that come to him. I have no doubt about that. So, in addition to that. Did you do anything interesting this week, Metal? Uh, yeah, Batman '89 was playing one night only in in movie theaters this week. I went and I watched that on the big screen, which was uh, awesome. I'm. It, I went when I was a kid to see. to see it, 
and, and seeing it again on a big screen, even though it's a digital version of it. I, I mean, <laughs> I still – that movie will always make me laugh. I laugh at every single thing the Joker does. And it's one of those movies that I, I love so much. My buddy Mitch that I saw it with – me and him, we laugh at, like, little things. We pointed out – like, one thing that we both pointed out in this movie is how Alfred basically blows up Bruce Wayne's game twice in that movie. <laughs> so right after he meets Vicki Vale, he sleeps with her the first night they meet. Play and that. the next morning, when she's she's like, oh, are we going to do lunch? You want to come over? He's like, no, I have to go out of town for the next two days. So then as she leaves, she goes to Alfred, and she says, I'll see you guys when you get back. And he says, get back. We're not going anywhere. Like, what are you doing, man? You, you just blew up his game. you know. And then that causes Vicky Vale to spy on him a little bit. Right. And then, out of nowhere, Alfred brings Vicky Vale into the Batcave and just blows up his Batman game. Yeah, that, 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 and he looked. It's funny. As you rewatch that scene, the look on Bruce Wayne's face when Vicky Vale comes in, he almost looks at Alfred like, your ass is grass, man. Jerk move there, man. Bros, bros, man. I mean, Alfred, you're not helping, man. You're blowing up his game. But speaking of Batman, I spent part of the week playing the most recent um, uh, release from Telltale Games, which is Batman, a Telltale's game, which is basically it's a choose-your-own-adventure video game. Okay. You get to choose your options. I've talked about it on the podcast before, and I've determined that I can be a pretty big jerk of a Batman. Um, I was at, in one of the earlier fight scenes that you're asked by Selena Kyle Catwoman, why do you do this? I do this for the thrills. <laughs> you can be as big of a jerk as you want to. One of the times I was a jerk was I let Catwoman fall to her death, but that, what? but that ended the, that made the game come to a game over screen. So I actually had to hit the A button to save her, but it's just fun being able to choose the dialogue for um, Bruce Wayne. And one thing I will say about these games Every decision I make, I end up thinking like, oh, crap, I made the wrong decision because this is the first of five uh, chapters. This is chapter one of five. And every time you make a decision, no matter how small it is, sometimes a message will pop up that will say, she'll remember that. So you just made a decision like, oh, crap, how's that going to screw me in chapter five? Oh, damn it. Every decision you make, you just get this small feeling of dread like, this is going to bite me in the but in chapter four or five, isn't it? Oh, well, moving on. I, that was one game I played. I also um, uh, bought for the PS4 what it was, one of the more anticipated games for the past three years, and that is No Man's Sky, which is just basically a glorified tech demo of just this huge universe that you can explore. It is the, the, There's not much narrative to it. It's just you flying around and discovering planets, trying to make it to the galactic core. But it is an amazingly interesting game that I've had fun with over the past couple of days. Nice. Yeah, that sounds cool. The whole uh, uh, choose your own adventure. I remember having those paperback books. Yes, and you remember um, you remember go, you remember choosing going to, making the Turn wrong to choice. page eighty six. And you remember going to page eighty six. You're dead. Go back. Go back. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Go. I changed my mind. <laughs> you had to go back because you screwed up. Yeah. But, Only if you could do that in life. <laughs> like, oh, I made a mistake. Sorry, officer. I, I didn't mean to speed. Let me let me go back. Let me save points. <laughs> save points. That's yeah. what. Because you've never played a lot of the um, uh, more in depth um, uh, role playing games on your PS4. That's what save points are for. Like, oh crud, that decision ended up hurting me. I'm gonna go back to that save point before I made this choice and make the other choice. Yeah. 
Um, I know you have HBO now, Brad, yes. so I'm giving you some homework. you got to watch The Night Of, The John Turturro Show. Um, it is uh, almost just like True Detective. It's about a, it's a murder mystery, um, which what's really cool about this show is it reminds me a lot of like almost like Making a Murderer or a couple of these other detective shows. You're getting a lot of insight from mm-hmm. the detective standpoint, the lawyer standpoint, and the kid who's in jail. Uh, and you watch The Wire, right? Yeah. Uh, Omar from The Wire is oh. in it, and he's in prison, and he's almost playing the same Omar-like character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I threw a tweet out last week on this. I'm like, I think this is like a side story to The Wire. This is an alternate universe. Omar did not die, and he's in prison, and now he's helping this kid out who's awaiting murder trial anyways uh there's only about four episodes in so you gotta you gotta right. catch up on it you gotta watch it again it's called the no night problem. of uh i honestly think right now out of all the live tv programming i'm watching this is my favorite show on tv obviously my favorite show that i've seen in a few years is stranger things but yeah the, uh, the night of is my favorite show on tv right now anyways uh we do need to get to our suicide squad Top review story we we both have seen Suicide Squad. So um, I kind of want to break this down into two parts. Okay, first okay. part, we're going to talk about the first hour of this movie. Yeah. Which I I have to think, and almost everybody I've talked to, even people who did not like this movie, almost everybody i talked to, we can all agree and high-five and fist-palm that the first hour of this movie is badass. Great, great first act. It is an amazing first act. The introductions are done great for... Um, Deadshot for Harley Quinn. Great. The, the flashbacks. And- Even for um, uh, um, Boomer- Captain Boomerang. Awesome uh, introduction because you see the Flash. Speaking yeah. of flashbacks, it's like, a guy shows up and I'm in here. And I have to say that I think the funniest part in the entire movie is in the flashback where Batman punches Harley Quinn in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I saw the I saw that scene three separate times. I saw the movie twice, mm-hmm. but I went a third time and just saw an hour, the first hour of the movie. I went, I went just to go see the first hour of the you, movie again. You paid ten bucks. To uh, see no, it was first... a free ticket. That's why. Oh, okay. I'm like, I, I'll have to 10... expl- That's a long story. I'll don't out. worry about that. Anyways, I was like, you paid ten bucks to see a, a girl get punched every in the time face. I that see is that horrible. scene. Every time I see that scene, I laugh. I think that is the funniest scene because she a... just like has that knife and she's waving it. Also, he's like. And it's an underwater of... punch too, so there's no sound to it. Yes. It's just a, t- and also she's like unconscious. <laughs> it, that's kind of you enjoying that is kind of disturbing, but that it. aside. Well, and then when Slipknot punches the FBI agent, yeah, remember he gets out and she's like, "Well, have fun." He's like, <laughs> "She had a mouth on her." <laughs> yes, but no, the first act is great, and I want to give it a, some more kudos because I have a feeling that I might be on the more negative side. Great soundtrack in this movie. The sound- oh yeah. The soundtrack, the music choices, House excellent. of the Rising Sun. I love excellent. the animals, I mean, man. this movie is try was um, uh, DC's attempt to counter Guardians of the Universe, which also had its awesome uh, soundtrack, awesome galaxy. music choice. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, jeez. Guardians of the Galaxy, which also had a great um, uh, soundtrack, and both the music was right on point in this movie, especially when they would go with the great um, uh, classic rock songs. At every point, it just fit the scene perfectly oh yeah absolutely i mean i i can't really find anything about the first hour of that movie that i didn't like i mean mm-hmm. i really enjoyed i have 
let's talk about the cast real quick. I yes, had, that's I what I want to get no to next. No problems with any cast member. What? Our biggest worry was Will Smith he, going in, and this and was he killed old, it. This is old, old-fashioned badass action hero Will Smith. This Bad is the, boys, Will Smith. This is the, this is mid '90s, late '90s Will Smith. This is the awesome Will Smith. Yeah, that's what this one was. Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn knocked it out of the park. Awesome. And now my first uh, knock, I hated this Joker because he came off instead of coming off as the Joker, he came off as generic mob boss, gang boss. He didn't do anything. That I would call jokerish. He didn't do anything that would uh, you could consider funny. One example that I thought would have been a great idea for a scene, you know, the scene where they're in the um, uh, meat market and he has the guy kiss his ring. Yeah. I would have had it to be like a toy ring. Blow. It's a kazoo. That would be something more Joker would do because the Joker isn't the kiss the ring guy, but having it be a gag ring would fit the Joker character. He just came like off that. it. He just came off as more as generic mob boss. And I know that there were more scenes. Jared Leto was um, disappointed that he was cut. And this kind of goes into what my next point is going to be, that this movie was a bit too long. As a, That is an opinion I actually have. If indeed there were scenes that were better that made him uh, either be see more jokers, they either should have said, okay, screw it, we're going to put him in and make this movie a bit longer, or B, and this would have been my preference, just cut all the Joker scenes out except for one. The ones that, the ones at the beginning that are the flashbacks with uh, Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn, and then the last one where Joker breaks her out of prison, and then that's your setup for the next Batman movie. Yeah, um, couple points. A couple points. Are, I, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. So with the Joker, here here is my impression. And I okay. got this right away after after the first viewing, and then I feel the same way after the second viewing. I feel like I'm not in love with this Joker, but I don't hate him. I, and I think my reason why is I feel like I want to see more of him to to, to come across a, a full judgment. Because I agree with what you're saying. One of the Joker's big characteristics is pulling pranks and being yes. and being sort of a clown. Yes, he's and, the and crown get, prince of crime. I have no problem with him yeah. being a mob boss. That's fine. We've seen that in um, uh, pretty much every incarnation of the Joker, except for the Dark Knight, where he was just um, a, a agent of anarchy. Every other one, Batman 89, the Batman cartoon series, and uh, the Batman television series, he was basically a mob boss. That's fine. I just didn't feel that he did any of his pranks that made him Joker. Yeah, which is why I'm saying he, they need to... I want to see more of them before yes. I before I come to a full conclusion on if I like Jared Leto as the Joker cuz yeah he does come across as just a, like a like a club owner mob boss mm-hmm. crooked guy mm-hmm. um who you know who has a gang but he's he he seems to care enough about them he would never shoot any of them in the back if he right. wanted to which well, yeah. you know I mean I I would have liked to seen something like that I I I agree but also, this movie did have a lot of characters, a lot of big characters, yes. and I'd... and they really had to put the focus around. I, and I completely agree that the focus was mostly around Will Smith's Deadshot character, and... which was fine because yes. Will Smith hit a home run with it. Now, if Will Smith would have been annoying, or if if that didn't fit well, mm-hmm. this movie would have been complete garbage. I will, yeah. I you know what? I have I uh, I'm more to the side of I dislike him, but. 
I have to agree, it's more of an incomplete than an absolute failure just because I know I've read online there were scenes cut. Maybe he was more um, jokerish, more clownish in those scenes. But you brought up another point that I had. There were, I think they introduced way too many characters in this movie, and a lot of them got lost in the shuffle because I'll be honest, I lost track of people when I was watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that not everybody is. Equal. You know, they didn't, uh, the main star. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could even make the point that Harley Quinn shouldn't have even been a part of this mission. Like, what ability did she bring to the table that they need to go send her after a, a supernatural witch? That, that's a very good point. I, I mean, didn't even think of that. I, and you could say that about everybody. Like, you yeah. could you could say in in a real world situation, you would probably want Deadshot and Pyro, and that's it. Like, Captain Boomerang, man. I mean, well, he, he can throw boomerangs. <laughs> But so you, you, get, you get my point, though. Oh, I know. You're going after a supernatural being. But you can't have a Suicide Squad movie without Harley Quinn. Oh, no, because it's become And then basically... at the same time, too, like, I, we're going to talk about the second act here in a little bit. But it, just to kind of go off that point, you could also make the argument that, well, you know what? If the villain in this movie, if who they were fighting was, say, somebody kidnapped the president or somebody was holding people hostage... You wouldn't send the Suicide Squad after. You had to send them after something that the Flash or Batman couldn't handle. Right. And in order to do that, you had to kind of go outside that reality-based, you know, platform and go into something with the supernatural. So that's why I'm sort of glad they put Enchantress in there. She was the villain, and they killed her, and they got rid of her, and we'll never see her again. But (laughs) But here's the thing. You have to remember, the original mission of the Suicide Squad wasn't to take out Enchantress. No. It was to go rescue Amanda Waller. So for that mission, just beating up a bunch of goons, I think Harley Quinn is fine. It's just when the mission changed. But, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you that this story had some problems and pacing issues were a big one because basically the middle part of this movie where the mission is to save Amanda Waller just seems like a total waste other than you see them beat up on a bunch of dudes. Yep. I mean, it's everyone knows the real mission is to take out Enchantress, and yet they're doing this stupid side mission. And first of all, you mentioned about Superman, you mentioned Batman. Well, Superman's dead, but you mentioned Batman, you mentioned the Flash. Where the heck were those two when this stuff was going on? Well, you notice that they weren't in either of their two cities. They were in, like, Midwest. Midway's, Midwest Midway. City. Midway City. But Midway more- City, which... Also, belong to anybody. <laughs> which also has um, uh, the Union Station in it, just like um, uh, Metropolis does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so talk about the second act. I, I mean, that's where, where yeah, where things really kind of just went downhill. I think you know me. I'm personally not a big fan of like the supernatural stuff. Like I don't get into the gods and monsters. Uh, at I least not in the comic book world. I don't get into that. Like I'm not into the Thor stuff. I'm not into you know, uh, Scarlet Witch, and definitely not really into the Enchantress storyline. I felt like that second hour was very just, like, dragged out. Yes. Way too much CGI. Uh, I felt like the brother character didn't even need to be in the movie. Oh, I completely agree. Like, he was just like a waste of another character to add more CGI, add more depth to that story that mm -hmm. nobody cared about. I agree. And and, and I thought that that kind of took – I feel like it was very boring. I I was checking my watch. I will be completely honest. There were parts in this movie I was checking my watch, and that's never a good sign. The only thing that really kind of kept my eyes open in that second hour was the few scenes of comic relief, like where they all go to the bar. Yes. And then there's the scene where the witches do it, and Will Smith just 
doing the typical Will Smith thing. Is like he looks at the guy and he's like, "Flag, that's your woman. You need to go handle that." <laughs> go, he's like, go, you go smack her in the ass. Go smack her butt. Smack <laughs> her butt. I, I mean, to me, that was awesome. Like that, that belonged in the movie, Will? and it was really funny. Yes, because it, it was that comic relief from like the boredom of just watching. Like mm-hmm. she was doing that weird dance thing. Did you know she was doing like this weird belly dance yes. thing? And I'm like, what is she doing? Okay, but let's um, talk about getting into that last fight scene. I don't understand why they would stick together. I mean, these are a bunch of mercenaries, murderers who have no loyalty to one another. And then all of a sudden, for no reason, yeah, we're going to go do this for no reason now. I would have done what they were going to do originally and gotten the heck out of there. I'm like, yeah, you can go call um, uh, Flash for this stuff. Call Wonder Woman. I'm going home. Yeah, all right. If you could redo the ending, characters are all the same, but if you could redo the ending, like how this all wraps up, because that's another point a lot of people are complaining about is, so basically in order to kill this witch, they had to just put a bomb, and they just put a bomb under them and blew them up. Basically. Like, why couldn't why couldn't the military do something yeah, like that? Yeah, why couldn't they send Like, there was a lot of that. So I'll tell you what, if you could rewrite that ending, what would you do? I have no idea. You'd have to make it so mate. You brought in Katana. She didn't do much. Oh, make she it was so, hot, too. Yes, make it so she has to cut out the heart. Boom. Yeah. I don't know. And she I, just I, part of me be... is just thinking Pyro is underutilized. Oh, God, Because yes. I feel like Pyro could have just walked in there and just... But he was a, but he was a, he was a non but he was a non combatant that was his big thing and I actually kind of like that and I sort of wish he would have gotten more time to find his redemption and understand that he can use his powers for good instead of for what he had used for them in the past and start working towards his own redemption. I thought that was a big big missed opportunity for this and movie. And Flag could have easily did that. Flag could have been like, dude. You wanna you wanna redeem yourself? Think Come about with all me. the think about all the women and children you're gonna save by helping us eliminate this. Yes, you know. And I felt that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. And but overall, I liked this movie. I loved the tone of this movie. It is so much better than the other two DC Universe movies, Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel, because. Unlike those movies, it had moments of levity. I mean, I realize this is an action comedy, but it actually had moments of levity where you could laugh and, you know, kind of take a step back and um, uh, appreciate and actually enjoy what was going on instead of it just being constant action, 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 tension, 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 as we got in those movies. If I'm DC, um, I can't remember the director's name right David now. David Ayer. David Ayer. I'm saying, sorry, Zach. You went 0 for 2, basically. David here did the, found the right tone of the movie. First try, we're putting him in charge of the DC Universe. You can still work, but you answer to him now. I mean, that's a possible. I mean, David Ayer's got a pretty good track record. Yes. He did End of Watch mm-hmm. uh, and Training Day. Yes. I mean, he's, I mean, he's done some really good films. And... It's just that whole second hour, man. I just really wish they would have trimmed that hour down to like 30 minutes. Yes. And 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 didn't would, put too much focus on the belly dancing witch and and all these weird souls and these in this cloud of debris. I mean, all that just very came across very almost very Zack Snyderish. Okay, two and, things. And really kind of took away from, you know, for me it just made the movie more boring and stretched two out. Two things they could have done. One. Made it so um, getting to Waller was a lot quicker. And two, and this would have cut out the time, 
like I said earlier, since you didn't use him, I feel properly, get rid of the Joker chasing Harley scenes. It didn't add much to the story. Just get rid of him. And like I said, see him in the flashbacks. See him break her out at the end of the film. Then you have the cliffhanger for the next movie. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, even though that 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 final butt fight and the whole Enchantress thing was kind of boring, they did a great job at redemption after that. Because that yes. scene where it cuts to them and Harley's drinking the espresso, she's reading espresso. the book, yes. and then the Joker busts in and breaks her out. I mean, I talk about just like something that like every Batman fan yes. wants to see on the big screen is the Joker breaking Harley out of out of which prison is why, or whatever. Which is why I don't th- think you should have had him in it at all until you see the flashbacks. Like, okay, that's her past. And then You're at talking about getting rid of the scene where he's on the helicopter and he's rescuing yes, her. Yes, yeah. doing all, all those scenes where um, uh, he was chasing her down trying to free her. Get rid of all those. And the only time you see him is in flashbacks. And then, boom, ch- to break her out. And that's, like I said, you're setting up the next Batman movie. Yeah, no, I that agree. Was, that's what I would have wanted because I don't feel you used the Joker right in those scenes because he acts like a love um, a sick pup anyway. If you're not going to do it right, wait, let Jared Leto go, um, dive into real Joker stuff because, like I said, while I'm more on the fail side, I'm willing to give him an incomplete because I don't think he was given a fair shake in this film. Agreed. And well, let him uh, do what he can do because he is a great actor, and I think he could knock it out of the park. It's just... He didn't have the right material in this movie. At least we didn't see the right material. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot more they could add to his character, and that's the thing about it is we didn't see enough of him, so there could be that humor side to him could yes. come out. And, you know, Or the they DVD could just release. stick with this angle that we've seen and say, you know what, he's not going to be the clown. Instead, he's just going to be this psychopathic, homicidal guy who – doesn't laugh at you know at killing anybody right. but you know well let's t- i want to take a, um, a big thing you said something earlier that i found kind of intriguing you said he seemed like a loyal guy that he wouldn't turn on his people he has more morals in this movie despite the fact that he is a criminal sociopath than one of the heroes amanda waller who killed a group of government officials and just bam boom, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam bam boom. bam bam Yep. And th- I'm like, okay, so Joker has more um, a moralistic high ground than technically one of the heroes. I mean, I realize but that's Amanda, what makes Wall- Amanda Waller badass. In oh, this I movie. realize that, but it's like, eh. but I'm that just- makes her so badass because she, I mean, she straight up brought a witch into the Pentagon to do a demonstration on on like oh, yeah. what, and she's like, I get what I want, and and she just kind of had that attitude, and and I love that about Amanda Waller. Now let's. To wrap up a little bit here, speaking of Amanda Waller, that last scene during the credits with her and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, thoughts on that scene? Well, obviously that one's obviously the scene that we mentioned with um, Harley Quinn and Joker setting up the Batman movie. Obviously that scene setting up pretty much the Justice League movie. I thought it was great. I mean, it was great to see Ben Affleck once again as Bruce Wayne instead of just always being Batman in this movie for his two scenes. A couple things I didn't like about that. First of all, Bruce Wayne's a detective. He didn't need to use Amanda Waller to get profiles on the metahumans. He could have figured that out on his own. True. Not to mention, Lex Luthor had already figured it out mm-hmm. in Batman vs. Superman. Um, I also don't like... I, I mean, I got the impression Amanda Waller knew he was Batman, and I don't like that. However, I feel like you could also make the argument what? that she doesn't know that, that 
she knows that Bruce Wayne knows who Batman is and maybe funds Batman. Right. There, you you could take that whole angle because well, she did say we, she gave a tip to a friend. Yes, that doesn't mean she told Batman. She could have told Bruce Wayne, and Bruce that, Wayne could have told Batman. That's the point I was about to bring up, saying, well, it, it, they kind of um tipped their hand early in the movie when they mentioned, well, I told a friend, and then Deadshot um gets captured. For, and first of all, I do have one small problem with the Deadshot backstory. He wasn't set until he did that one job for the mafia. I mean, he'd been doing it his entire life, and then only after that job, he was ready to settle down and retire with his daughter. He had been doing them, obviously, for a long time. That's one very, very, very small nitpick, because obviously he'd been killing people for money for a long time. Obviously, he had a lot of it, but whatever. It was just a setup, and it was a great setup. And you know what? It once again showed that some of the villains had more morals than the heroes, because he only takes out one guy who is still technically a bad guy, even though he's helping the good guys. Yeah. I mean, I think the future of this franchise, I don't think we're going to see any more Suicide Squad movies. I think I think now we're going to get into like the Batman universe and the Justice League universe, and some of these characters will be involved in it. Right. But I don't think we're going to get a Suicide Squad Part 2. Do you want a Could dead- be wrong, but I do want to see Deadshot more. I was about to ask, do you want to see a Deadshot movie? And there was obviously already a rumored Harley Quinn movie, so we don't need to worry about that one. But I want to see a Deadshot movie. I want to see Will Smith getting to be his old-fashioned badass action hero self who don't suffer no fools. And a lot of people were critical thinking this movie should have been rated R. They should have pushed the bar for rated R. If you ask me, watching this movie, I didn't think anything about it was PG-13. No. I actually kind of got the impression it was a little like edgier for a PG-13 movie, pretty close to an R rating. I think so they people wanted... that were hesitant on seeing this because it's PG-13 and not R, uh, it... this, this kind of pushes the bar a little bit. On a scale of um, a, um, a 1 to 100, with a 100 being rated R and like 80 between 89, 80 and 89 being a, a PG-13, this was like 89.9999999. Yeah, for sure. All right, As, so Next weekend. Yes. We got Wizard World. Yes. We're going, so we will return with a new episode of the Hillcrest Duo in a couple weeks. We'll, we'll see couple if we things. can we'll see if we can try and record something while we're down there because I have some uh, recording software Sweet. on my iPads, but there's no guarantees there. So what are you looking forward to at Wizard World this week uh, coming up next week? Um weekend? obviously the Daredevil panel and see if anything for about gets mentioned Do about Do you know when uh, that is, by the way? I don't know the time, but um that's obviously coming up next week, Daredevil panel. And hopefully, maybe we'll get some info about the Defenders. Yeah, because I do have, I did find some scheduling. Uh, I know there's still announcing stuff, but it looks like on Saturday, the 20th, in Rosemont at the Stevenson Convention, Convention Center, they are going to do a Back to the Future reunion that afternoon. Yeah, you can Michael get a Michael J. J. Fox autograph. And that's are you going to get his autograph? Are you going to? I might get one. Uh, <laughs> but the the one thing that can't miss every single Wizard World. Happens at 3 o'clock on Saturday, and that's the Bruce Campbell Q&A. Oh, I love you, Bruce Campbell. Can't miss that. Um, a guest, I mean, there's a lot of big guests that are going to be there. Obviously, Carrie Fisher is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, a Norman Reedus, David Coveney, mm-hmm. Jillian Anderson. It's going to be Charlie a fun Charlie Cox, time. you know, Matt Murdock. Fun Jennifer on the bun. But I'll tell you what, you know who I'm 100% meeting for sure? Virgin. You don't even know this guy's name. Andre Gro- Grower. He's Sean from the Monster Squad. And I've got my red shirt that says West or uh, says uh, Stephen King rules. I am gonna wear that shirt when I meet him. I'm excited. But Wolfman's got nards. I love Sean. Anyways, I'm uh, looking forward to meeting him. 
So this has been episode number 41 of the Hillcrest Duo. I am your host, Metal John at Metal John Radio, and with me as always... And I am your host, at Outsider Brad on Twitter. We'll be back in a few weeks. We'll recap Wizard World and... Oh, we got some other movies to see, too. I want to see War Dogs. That looks awesome.